This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Weekend Review Podcast, and we've literally just got back from Illinois. Road. Well, we haven't got back, we actually got back last night, and then we had some sleep, and then we've got up very early this morning to do the Weekend Review, and it's brought to you by Anything Is Possible, AOP.media. And uh, i tell you something, we've got a lot to talk about, so we're going to get right into this. My name is Billy Grant, and I'm sitting here with the man, Lady, who I was sitting in the car with for hours and hours yesterday. Lady, how are you? Morning, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, bright and breezy. Looking forward to a Monday. Um, yeah, it was a, an eventful day. Lots to talk about and uh, looking forward to it. So very, bring it on, boy. Very much looking forward to it. We had some last we had some jokes. We had some beef. We'll talk about a little mm. bit later as well. We've got his first appearance on the Weekend Review podcast or any Besotted podcast, except for he does appear every week on the Besotted podcast, but in a different format. But this one, we've got him live in the studio. JB is in the house. JB, how are you? Very well. Thank you, Billy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So listen, we're going to be talking Leeds United. So let's go crack straight on, as they say. So listen, I'm going to ask Laney, what are your main takeaways from that match? My main takeaway from that game is life exists without Ivan Tony at Brentford. Um, yeah, it was a relief. Uh, I think the players did exceptionally well to uh, to sort of cope with the loss of his work rate, really, more than anything else. You know, he's in a lot of games this this season he hasn't scored, so we don't rely on him just for the goals. Though, although you know he is a he is a threat and he and he takes up um, a lot of the opponent's defence's um, efforts. So, um, but yeah, well, I think before the game when we saw he was missing with COVID, and I hope he's all right. Um, is is was the fact that you thought oh blimey without Ivan that's you know you know in a game that we already thought was going to be tricky it's going to be even trickier so yeah for me um, the reassurance that we aren't we aren't a one one man band we're not a one horse team you know we we can cope without our talismanic striker so I think yeah well well done the players and um, get back soon Ivan though fingers crossed listen JB what's your main takeaway from that match? Well, my, my main takeaway was just how different it was from the Spurs game. Um, in that game, we in the Spurs game, we looked occasionally like rabbits in the headlights, didn't we? And uh, it, it was a difference in class between the two teams, whereas watching the game on on Sunday, it, it was how even it was again. It, it was 
almost back to like a championship game, I suppose that's where we both come from in recent times, isn't it? Um, and it had that even feel. It, it really, if you were a neutral, you could kind of feel it could go either way. It was a, it, it was it was a good a good solid advert for football, wasn't it? In, in the, yeah, I'm, w- I'm wondering. I mean, Laney and, and and JB. I mean, do you? I mean, I, I mean, I thought that as well. You know, we were worried going into that game. We had a number of injuries. You know, we had different players come in. Ivan Tony wasn't in there, but we actually, we actually dealt with it really a lot better now. A lot of people will say Lee's on a very good side. You know, there's an argument to say to them actually they've got some decent players as well. But do you think? I mean, I just thought, and I was, I was looking around. There's a familiarity with that. You know, we're used to that setup. We were used to that stadium. We're used to that type of fans. It's almost like we weren't rabbit in the headlights like we were going into Tottenham, like, you know, into this sort of kind of sort of massive kind of very expensive stadium with lots of neon lights. It was like, this was like, for me, was like proper football that we're used to in an old stadium with a good old fashioned crowd with banter between the fans. All the Brentford fans were singing. There was none of that nonsense that was going on on Thursday. I mean, what do you think? Well, no, I, 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 I could argue that the, the Ellen Road was more intimidating than the new White Hart Lane. I, I think, you know, we've been to Ellen Road uh, a few times and the top deck's not been open. So, you know, there was 40 or 1,000 there yesterday. Um, it wasn't a lot less than there was at, at Spurs. And um, I think, you know, the Leeds, you can ne- one thing you can never knock Leeds for is the, you know, the passionate support of the, of the fans and the vociferous, the vociferous kind of noise they make. So... Yeah, I, I kind of get where you're coming from, but I, I, I still stand by the fact that in the last almost a decade, well, maybe less than a decade, but since certainly since we got promoted into the championship, Brentford have only ever looked overawed once or twice, and that was at, um, last time we went to first time we went to St James's, um, and I thought there was a time at, at Norwich we just didn't look like we were prepared. So I. I don't think the players are overawed by by any setting, Bill. Um, so I, I, I do I know where you're coming from. You know, it it, it was like a walking into a spaceship. Um, but they did that the season before um, in the in the League Cup. So they, I don't I, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm not buying into that big time. And, and and for me, I mean, my main takeaway is is you know I love the fact that Shandon came in. He scored a goal. He looked comfortable on the pitch. I think that he made a really great addition to to Brentford. And also, like I said to you, we looked different. I mean, this is not a knock on Ivan Tony as well because he's an absolutely brilliant player. But it's also my main takeaway is it's almost like when we had Scott Hogan in the team, everything went through Scott Hogan. It's all about Scott Hogan. But when he came out, we were very worried that we weren't be able to perform. But actually, it's almost like in a little bit like the shackles had come off. I, th- I said that I felt that the shackles had come off with with um, of Canos, who was put up front. And we've been talking about this on quite a few podcasts where I was saying I'd love to see us sign a, a right back or a right wing back so that we could push Canos up and either put him on the pitch, you know, full time or get him off the bench as an impact sub. He'd be a brilliant impact sub, you know. Um, it'd be absolutely fantastic to have him as an impact sub. So, like, for me, that would be marvellous to do something like that. Having Shandon on was, was great and also kind of said, like I said, you know, just flipping it up. Also, you know, our keeper, I don't want to sit down there and, 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 and again, slate him off the whole time because he is part of our team. Like I said to you, but, you know, it's just some of the basics that just need to be done. I mean, at the end there, you know, literally, I mean, I know that, you know, it was uh, it was Ethan Pinnock, you know, and him who were going for that same ball. None of them got it. And in the end, he kind of like lost the ball. It went out for the corner and they end up scoring. You know, listen, this is basic stuff. This is, you know, basic stuff which we need to do. And that cost us two points in the end. And we lost that game because of... Um, basic stuff you know good was coming out he had a fairly easy ball he could have lofted the ball all the way over into the you know to the left wing and put one of our players in if it had gone out it would have gone out but instead the ball was 
played straight to one of their players. They had a quick break and they scored from it. Two really basic errors, which cost us two goals, which cost us three points yesterday. So there's that. The other thing I'm going to say just really briefly, but I have to mention it is, and this is, again, with all due respect, I've got a lot of Lee's friends. I talk to them all the time. Lees are very different in the way that they approach football matches. And this is not about banter. And we're going to talk about this a little bit later and like that. That they can get just really bitter, like you know, it just it's just it. Listen, we all love football, we all love our team, we all talk about it, but things are on a different. They're just on a different level in Leeds, and I've seen it when they with their Ben White campaign and all the other things we do. So we're not taking it personally as Brentford fans because I, I see that they do it to everyone, but it's 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 just different, and. Um, there was a lot of bitterness was going on yesterday before the match. Our beef with square ball, which we'll talk about a little bit later. After the match, the fact that we, you know, that we scored and we deserved a draw out of that game. But I must admit, I was struggling to get Leeds fans afterwards to talk to us because they were absolutely gutted that a team like Brentford can come down to Leeds and basically get a point out of them and should have got three. But anyway, and, and it's different because we, if you listen to our post-match podcasts, we'd put our hands up and we say, you know, Leicester were better than us or Burnley were better than us and that's that's kind of what we do but there's different strokes for different folks anyway so but anyway those are my main takeaways for this podcast I'm going to come back around to you and ask you Laney marks out of 10 for that match as a match itself oh eight and a half it was a, it was a cracking game and again you know going back to your point just there you know you you, you got to be fair you know you've got to have manners and you've got to kind of uh you've got to be a knowledgeable football fan if you're going to talk about football for half hour at least at least sort of um, talk about the whole game on both sides, etc., and be be honest. Um, yeah, I, I, both teams contributed to an excellent game of football. It, it was a proper top-flight, entertaining, end-to-end, nail-biting, excellent advert for for, for the Premier League. And um, I'm I'm so glad that I travelled up for it. I'm gutted that we didn't hold out for the extra two points. Um, it wasn't a defeat. Um, it was a, it was a well earned draw, but you know, yeah, as a as a game, eight and a half out of ten. Um, it, to get any better, it would have meant we would have won. JB. Yeah, I'd go for an eight out of ten on that. Um, it was one of those games where every supporter has has bits of enjoyment during the game, doesn't it? It's, it's not one of those where. Again, going back to Thursday, where you, you come away and thinking oh, maybe we should have had more shots or whatever. There, there was plenty of shots. There was goals. Um, you had something to cheer about for a long journey home. Um, okay, yeah, there was the, the frustration of the last minute goal, but there was lots of talking points. There was lots of action. Um, yeah, it was it was a good eight out of ten. Yeah, and I'm going to go with you as well, Laney. 8.5 out of 10. I enjoyed it. Again, when I talk a lot about my daughter, she came with us. She enjoyed it. She really was looking forward to going to Leeds. And she wasn't so much because she actually came last minute for that game because she was going to play a football match. It got cancelled. So she changed it last minute for Leeds. But she was desperate to go to Tottenham. She went to Tottenham and she came away and said, that was rubbish. She went to Leeds. She goes, that was brilliant. So it goes to show you again how football, I think, how real football fans see it. The game itself was great. The Leeds fans, to be fair, made their noise. They, they brought up the atmosphere, made the atmosphere. The Brentford fans were great as well. Like you're saying, the match itself, end-to-end. You've said all the things that are right about that game. We had proper jokes in the car going up, proper jokes going back. We had a good drink before the game. We only had about an hour and a half in the pub beforehand, but we had a great little microbrewery pub that we went to beforehand. Everything was great. It was just that final minute which spoiled it, like you know. So 8.5 out of 10 for me. So anyway, but listen, you've heard our views. We need to go over to the opposition. We're going to go to Joe, who was on our pre-match podcast, and he's going to give us his opposition main takeaways. 
Hi, uh, it's Joe from the Just Joe Football Show. The voice is still gone, not as buoyant as I was pre-match. Um, I have a real dislike for Sergi Carlos. Um, I can't lie, uh, that cut runs deep uh, from the championship. Um, yeah, same goes for Brentford, I think. <laughs> um, look, we had a lapse of concentration after Calvin uh, came off conceded two goals I don't know you were 2-1 up um, but look we, we wrestled a point from the jaws of defeat but I still felt disappointed that it was it, to me it felt like it was two points dropped uh, we should have won that game we were coasting at half time um, the home atmosphere was good as I said and the Brentford fans obviously got involved once they went in in, uh, in front as you do uh, match score out of 10 straight down the middle for me because like I say it was Two points dropped. Uh, fairness factor. Um, again, look, I thought the second half we we, we were abysmal. Um, the referee was was an absolute joke. Um, I don't know, mate. Uh, let's go um, sixty or seventy. <laughs> it's not quite fair because we. Well, it is fair, isn't it? Really, we, I I don't know. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm. Uh, Still a bit miffed, really, when I should be happy. But Bamford was back. He's got a last-minute winner. Uh, a last-minute point, should I say. So, it's nice to see him back. We've now got four tough fixtures to roll into. Uh, thanks for having me back, Billy. Um, I hate Sergio Canos. <laughs> so, there you go, Joe, from All Leeds TV. And, uh, listen, he wasn't happy. Um I'm not being funny, but all Leeds fans that we spoke to, none of them are happy. I've spoken to all my Leeds mates and none of them are happy about getting a point against Brentford. And maybe that just sums up where we are. Where, I mean, people expect to get points of us and they don't get points of us and then they get really unhappy and then they stop saying things about us. Like, you know, but this isn't, this is football. This is football and we're used to it. So we're cool with that, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, listen, we shall move on. The Brentford eye catcher. I'm going to go to you, JB. Who caught your eye in the Brentford team? Well, there were a few good games all round, weren't there? Norgard and Baptiste. But, but for me, it was Canos. I, I thought um, to be free of his uh, defensive responsibilities and uh, being able to, to be up the top half of the pitch all the game. Um, I mean, we haven't seen that since um, April. And, and particularly in the second half of the game, he, uh, he seemed to be picking up better positions. Uh, obviously, he scored the goal. He had another good chance as well, didn't he? Um, and, and I say, that was a Canos we haven't really seen in the... Uh, in the last few weeks, he's been doing it, you know, a, a good filling in job at that, that right wing back position. But, but this is this is what it, we, we signed him for, wasn't it? This is um, the way he used to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, interesting. I'm just say quickly, JB. So obviously, you could see basically. I mean, we've been we've been vying for this, you know, right wing back, you know, in the January window if we can do it. And you could see that we could potentially be a different side because you know, Canos is attacking. Um, flair that we have even at the right wing back is the thing that actually has been killing films, you know, teams he, he scored against what Liverpool you know he's been scoring goals sort of kind of let's say left right and centre so we're not going to lose anything by him going up front are we no not at all no he, he's, he's a he's a great squad player to have isn't he and um, he, he generally doesn't let us down so um, I say yeah whether he come whether we get a proper wing back um, or more experienced wing back in the transfer window Canos will still be playing a vital role. and <laughs> I'm sure he's going to pop up with some vital goals between now and the end of the season. Um, and uh, and you can see, you know, he, he enjoyed every minute of that game, I think, yesterday, didn't he? 
Yeah, he did. And I know we can see that Joe certainly didn't enjoy Canos and didn't enjoy a minute of Canos being on the pitch, but that is a different story altogether. Lady, who is your Brentford eye catcher? Uh, I'm going to go Christian Norgard. I thought I thought he was just so so impressive. His tackling, his vision, just the reading of the game. He 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 was the heartbeat uh, there, and he was the, the the person that we relied upon really to kind of break up a lot of their counter attacks. Um, he was a real calm head in in what was a kind of a, a ding dong match. Um, you know, we we all know about Leeds' famous kind of stamina and strength and. <clears throat> the fact that they never give up, we saw that at the end. They don't ever give up, but Norgard was was genuine, sort of you know top top international class there, right for all to see, right in the heart of uh, Brentford's midfield. Um, just another exceptional performance. So yeah, I love watching him play for Brentford when he's like that. Yeah, he's a, had a great game, Norgard as well. For me, I'm going to go back and I'm going to say, I mean, I've had Norgard there as well, but I've got to pick Sergi. I thought Sergi was great. I was just so happy to see him unleashed. I was so, so happy to see him, how he, he was going at it. Yeah, he got a little bit of a slating on match of the day, as you do, because they didn't think that he was great in the first half. You know, he had opportunities or didn't had chances to do things and he didn't, but he flipped it in the second half. But I thought the way that he kind of was at them and also he scored the goal and he did the malpay, as we call it, at the Leeds end. And he did the malpay at the Leeds end where he basically celebrated in front of the Leeds fans because he really, really wanted to get that goal. Because after the, the headbutt on Ailing a, year, a few years ago, I think that the Leeds fans are not happy with him at all. And obviously a few bottles and everything like that came onto the pitch, was uh, which was not very clever from the Leeds end. But, you know, I think Sergi Canos really, really enjoyed that. So I'm going to give him, personally, I'm going to give him an 8 out of 10. Give us a score for your uh, Norgard Laney. Uh, 9. 9 out of 10 for Norgard. And Sergi for you, JB. I'm going to give him a 9. And nine as well, which is all good, like you know. So, uh, and the, uh, the opposition danger person, I'm going to go to you, uh, JB, on that one. Um, well, I was a bit worried going into the game. Two XBs, and I know Forshaw had been picking up and uh, looking good, so I was a bit apprehensive seeing those. Uh, and that was England's Calvin Phillips as well. But I thought Rafino uh, had a good game. He, I mean, he created that first goal, didn't he? And, and when he was on the ball, particularly in that latter part of the first half, um, he seemed to be their danger man and. Uh, uh, Man creating the, the chances. Okay, so and, and marks out of ten for the ref man. Uh, seven. Seven out of ten. Okay, and Laney. Uh, Daniel James for me. Um, he he seemed to have quite a lot of the ball later on in the game out on the right hand side. Um, uh, he looks like he's eaten a few pies since his Swansea days. I, I do even now. Maybe he's not chunky, but I think the white shirt doesn't doesn't flatter him sometimes. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought he kept us he kept us on our toes. He's, he's obviously some is someone to uh, he's someone who's obviously got a lot of pace and a lot of ability. We didn't see him right at his best, but I, I think he he was someone that was you know um, we were aware of at all times. So I, I, he's not a great game. I'll give him a seven as well. But you know I, I like I like Daniel James. I, I, you know it's a shame shame we couldn't afford someone like him. Um, I think he was a player that. You know, we we could have bought possibly in a you know if anything was possible when we came up to this division. You know, he's, we we knew he destroyed us when he was at Swansea. Um, so yeah, Daniel James for me. 
Daniel James, and like I said, you gave James how much was it? Seven, how many out of ten? Seven, seven, seven out, out of ten. ten. Okay, and for me, I thought you know he scored the goal, a bit annoying actually. Tyler Roberts as well. They talk, these fans talked about him. They were hoping they're going to get something out of him. You know, obviously the Bamford man was not in and around the place, so like they were keeping their fingers crossed. But you know, Leeds have been scoring as many goals as they would like, so he got that goal. He was a bit of a pain. I mean, I thought Ailing also coming back as well um, had a decent game. Uh, for them, I think it's probably a bit of a shame for us where, you know, they had Ailing and Bamford come back. Bamford didn't have a great game, but he scored the goal and that's what he was there to do. So having them two coming back, a bit annoying actually. But I thought for me, Tyler Roberts um, being the the man that I looked out for and I thought, mm, OK, fair enough, causing a few problems. Seven out of ten for me on the Roberts factor. I'm going to go to the stinker of the match. Laney. Stinker of the match. Well, I'm going to give it to Leeds fans for, for chucking stuff on the pitch. Um uh, I think Mbumo and um, Canos were both hit. Um, uh, uh, it's just unacceptable, you know. It's 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 just just not it's not right. And you know, yeah, get behind your team. Yeah, be partisan. Yeah, even be blinkered, but don't try and take someone's eye out and don't overstep the mark and become overly aggressive. Uh, you know, it's, it's 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 something that hopefully the authorities are going to be able to pinpoint, and um, hopefully they won't be going to see Leeds for the rest of their lives. Uh, okay, I'm going to devil's advocate to say, you know, oh yeah, but you shouldn't come and celebrate and go the the home fans like you did. Is that's what the, you know it's going to say? I mean, what do you say to that? Yeah, you you could say that. Yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't mean you can chuck anything at, at them. Yeah, you, they're two different. They're two different. You know. It's cause and effects, you could say, but you know, I, I, I'd say that we are of, we're goaded all the time. You know, the the, the players we, we've seen, you know, the Norwich fan, the Norwich players when they scored in front of us, yeah, they goaded us, um, but we didn't lob stuff on the pitch. Madison, so, Madison goaded us for Leicester, yeah. didn't he? Big so, time, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, you you could say that. And that's, but you know, that's that's a different that's a different argument, really. But just to say, just quickly as well, Laney, I think I think, and I'll have to check it as well. I think it was Rafina as well when they scored their equaliser. I'm pretty yeah. sure that he came over to the Brentford end and he started goading the Brentford fans as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just it's, it's true. So you know, it, you you can't you know you have to say what you you can never say. Oh well, that's all right then. You know, because it is never all right. So you know, it, it, Sergi didn't jump into the crowd and go, "Come on!" He, he was he was just passionate after just scoring a goal. That's that's something that even the Leeds fans wouldn't want taken away from football, surely. And uh, think of the match uh, on a stinky scale, Laney. Um, stinky scale, yeah, ten, yeah, yeah, no, chuck it, chucking stuff, objects on the pitch is is wrong, plain and simple. JB. Uh, for me, it was the timekeeping. I mean, where, how did we end up with five minutes of stoppage time in that second half? Um, there wasn't many particular injuries. Uh, I know there were three goals and, and the substitutions coming on, but to me, that looked like a three or four minute stoppage. And, and of course, they scored <laughs> as the clock ticked into that vital fifth minute. So, and, and so the, is, is it the timekeeping? Is the referee? Is it the overall officiating? Overall, the officiating wasn't, wasn't too bad. It's that timekeeping piece uh, between okay. the... Yeah. So it's a clock. It's the, the Leeds clock. clock. It's the, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. That, the, yeah, their own personal timekeepings of time zone thing. Um, marks out of ten, JB. Well, I tend to say eleven out of ten because they gave it got an extra <laughs> an extra minute on that, <laughs> so they have an extra point on the on the scorecard. 
Okay, 11 out of 10, <laughs> JV. You've never had 11 out of 10, JV, so you've always had to be a first new. I'm sure there's some stats and facts and funk, which will probably uh, explain how you can actually get 11 out of 10. But anyway, so for, and for me, I'm going to actually give my stinker to the Square Ball podcast. And you probably, if you listen to the, the Pride of West London, if you listen to the pre-match, no, the post-match podcast, I talked about it quite a lot as well. As we are going up in the car, we listened to the Leeds podcast Square Ball. And we listened to it mainly because basically what we try to do is we try to get a little bit of feedback of what's happening in their club, you know, about their injuries, about their players. Are they optimistic? Are they not optimistic? And they're normally quite a good listen. But I have to admit, we listened to it. And if you want to check it out, the 2nd of December version from about... 32 minutes on or something like that they were absolutely honestly it was on a different level again it's like I said to you I don't know if it's just a Leeds thing or whatever it is but they just went on and and they came back to us later saying oh don't you like banter and you know this is about what fanzines are all about listen we know we've been doing fanzines for 30 30 40 years we know it jokes are about you listen to our thing we joke and we take the mickey out of people and everything like that but you're also quite balanced but there's no balance at all it was almost like quite bitter and quite horrible and quite nasty and also it wasn't even factually correct you know what I'm saying it's like if it's funny it's got to be funny but it's, it wasn't funny but it wasn't factually correct and there was no kind of information it was just jibing and talking about you know, us as a fanzine talking about Brentford, how Brentford shouldn't be in the Premier League. Everyone has their opinion. But, you know, sort of if you've got delusions of grandeur, you know, it's kind of like, well, you know, you should be, but we shouldn't be. Why? Because you've got more fans than us, like you know what I'm saying, but you haven't got more points than us. So what makes you feel that you should be in the in the league more than we can? Because we've, we've actually won more games than you. It's a like really weird, like, situation. And you have to listen to it because it's really hard. But we went up to that game really chilled. But then after that, it really hyped us up for the match as well. And, and all I can say is that we spoke to a few of the coaching staff and they had listened to it as well. So I think it might have hyped up a few of the players as well. So thank you very much, Scribble. You might have got a few more pennies in your uh, coffers, you know, for about saying that... <clears throat> The fans did spend a lot of time outside telling us, Brentford fans, that we only came up on a skateboard and, like, you know, the other two fans are over there. So, actually, to be fair, actually, you know, the, the extra money that you had got would have only been about an extra sort of five pence because we have got no fans, according to you. So, listen, don't worry about it. Like, you know, we, uh, at the end of the day, we got a point up at Leeds United with a with a ravid, injury-ravid side and we got and, and with, with a COVID, our top striker out with COVID. So uh, I think who had the better day at the end of the day? Sounding by the, the, the sound of the Leeds fans, I think we did. Laney, I mean, it, it was quite, it was quite, it was quite funny, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I agree, you know, banter's got a brilliant place in football but and so is humour, but, you know, um, bitter, bitter. Like trying to say that there there isn't a rivalry, but spending twenty twenty five minutes <laughs> having a go at us. Like we, we it's not something we instigated. We're just going up to Leeds to, to you know we have had some great games with Leeds over the last few years, and they've been very close. Some of them, some of them we've won. A couple of them that, that they've won. You would have thought that you know that that they would have taken that on board you know it's it's manners to be honest with you as well you know slagging us off for our stadium slagging us off for everything it's just like it's odd if there's no rivalry well don't <laughs> don't, don't don't talk about us so obsessively i mean it, it really they we are under their skin and um it's it's quite in that respect it's quite funny so um yeah. crack on lads 
Yeah, crack on. And it does actually, and the thing I have to say, and listen, we've been doing this for years, and like I said to you, it's besotted. We, you know, we had stairs, we, 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 between you and me, Laney, we didn't miss a game home and away for five five seasons, you know. Again, we've been to every single game home and away this season, and I, I, I do have a question mark about some of these characters who go out there who don't even go to matches. They watch it on TV, you know, or most of their posse watch it on TV. They're not even at the game, so how could you take in the atmosphere? How could you go to the pub beforehand? How could, you, how could you go to somebody else's away ground and actually talk about it if you're actually not there? It does really make me, I just get confused about that because I just think how could you be a commentator if you don't even go to the game but anyway that's a different story altogether key moment Jay. I think the key moment uh, for me was um, when the team was announced and uh, give it to Thomas Frank because when you first looked down that team sheet when he came out and saw Rosaleff and Baptiste playing it, it, it took a couple of seconds to realise that Tony wasn't uh, wasn't in that starting 11 Um and the logic is, isn't it, to bring in Marcus Force as a, as a straight like-for-like -like replacement. But um, it probably was an act of genius to play uh, Brian and Canos up front. Um, and probably and something that Leeds weren't going to be expecting either. And uh, so I think he got that absolutely spot on. And then the tweak he made at, at uh, half-time, that's Canos playing slightly different position. Just a little, his runs were a little bit better, a little bit sharper. Um, so that, that was the key moment for me, that, that team selection. Okay. Okay. And Laney, your key moment? I'm probably gonna go for Canos's miss, the head, the header that that should have made it two-one. I know he made it two-one shortly after that, but I think if we score that and then we score the next goal. That's that's three-one. There's no there's no way back. I don't think at that stage for Leeds United. At two-one, it's always a slender lead, and you know I, I think that they're always going to get a big chance in in front of that crowd and in, and in, 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 on their home turf. Um, you know, Leeds are a decent team. Um, they've got some great individual players, um, so that they are gonna they are gonna create. Um, they're always going to create. Um, so yeah, I think if we're three-one up, that's game set and match. Uh, so yeah, Canos's Canos's miss cost us. And for me, the key moment is actually, because don't forget, they were 1-0 up. You know, again, we made a mistake, which makes them go 1-0 up. But we still had a lot of the game to go there. But I think the key moment would have been actually, and he's getting a lot of grief and a lot of grief online from Brentford fans. Again, we've seen this with Canos earlier in the season, which is Fernandez. Again, you've got to give the guy a bit of a break because he pulled off a wicked save in the was it in the first was it in the second half as well I can't remember which half the second half but he pulled off a wicked save which basically like you know if that if that got in you know we would have had our work cut out because listen those, those Leeds fans when they score their goal as you see the atmosphere in that place is risen they're you're close to the pitch the sound is just honestly it's wicked so that would have given us a real uphill struggle but that save actually was uh, I think that really was a key point and it turned it around for us uh, moving on I'm going to ask you, okay, we had last week, we had the competition, which is by somebody of beer. We've got a couple of beers for people around the country, actually. We haven't gone internationals yet. We're going to run that competition again next week. Anything is possible. Um, if anything is possible, we ask a question. Now, listen, we went in that game with a ravage, injury-ravaged side and a COVID-ravaged side, but we came out of it okay. But I'm just going to say to you is that if anything is possible, what would you have changed in that game, JB? Uh, well, if you told me there was going to be a last-minute goal, I would have loved it to be Pontus scoring it <laughs> to, <laughs> to take and give us the three points, or even to give us a point. Um, that, that would have been my anything possible. 
Yes, okay, okay. So you're going for Pontus actually, and Pontus really, really wanted. Yeah, he would have loved to have scored. I know that for a fact. He would have loved to have scored at Ellen Road. But it didn't quite happen as well. Laney, if anything is possible, what would you have said? I would have said that Fernandez catches that ball when it when it's put in. He he he, he catches or punches or gets in the corner. Some... That's the final minute. Yeah, in the final minute for the corner. Yeah, he, he needs to be. Stronger, bigger there. Um, uh, that's that's it. if anything was possible. He catches the ball. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's a very simple one. Yes, I mean, Fernandes catching that ball would have meant that we have kept hold of the ball. We could have done anything of it. He could have gone down injured. We could have just kicked it down the other end and they would have blown the final whistle. But it did not happen, unfortunately. For me, if anything was happened, I would actually like Ivan Tony in the side, but not in the side itself because I thought we did really well on the side. I would like Ivan Tony on the bench. And then we could have bought, when we went 2-1 up, we brought Ivan Tony on to see the game out because he's brilliant at seeing the game out. We could have played the ball long to him. We would have been doing the knock-ons. He would have been doing the old, you know, drawing the fouls and we'd have got the free kicks. And I just really reckon that we'd have seen the game out. And he might have even nicked a goal at the end as well. So it's amazing that we did it without Ivan Tony. But if Ivan Tony was in that squad somehow, I think that we would have absolutely terrorised them. And, we, and, and the fact is that they brought their key players back in that game, Ailing and Bamford. And we didn't have our key players in that. So could you imagine what would happen if our key players, I mean, could you imagine if De Silva and, you know, Aya and all these players and, and Raya were in that side, you know, it would have been a different game altogether. But it wasn't, you know, but I'm just saying, Ivan Tony that side, if anything is possible, that's what I would have loved. But anyway, I'm going to ask you about the away day, the, 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 the day out, the fans, the atmosphere, how that sort of kind of came across to you. Laney, I'm going to go to you. Uh, it was a great day out. Yep, um, it was a really good, solid Brentford fan experience um, our, the drive up was good fun uh, good company good beer in the Northern Monk brewery um, uh, you know brew shop before um, and then the, the atmosphere inside the ground was was excellent from both sets of fans I thought I thought the banter and the ding dong was good uh, the match itself we've, we've said it's you know it's a, it was a, a real nail biter exciting adrenaline fueled 95 minutes um, and yeah uh, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my day out so uh, and the, watched the Grand Prix on the phone on the way back which was another ding donger um, so yeah all in all I'd say that was a 9 out of 10 9 out of 10 the JB just, just atmosphere and everything like that your vibe for that day yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a fantastic vibe, wasn't it? I mean, you could hear the fans singing throughout. Um, I don't know how many uh, people in Leeds know where Hounslow is, but, you know, they know Brentford come they from Hounslow. Now. They know there's a bus stop there. You know, you could hear the, 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 the singing throughout. Um, yeah, and it just gave a great atmosphere to the game. Yeah, yeah. Give us a uh, marks out of 10. At nine. JB's giving it a nine out of 10. And for me, oh, I thoroughly enjoyed the day out. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed the day out. Like I said to you, you know, you know, apparently we came up a skateboard, but you know, I don't know how many people actually go on a, on a oh, two thousand fan skateboard. Like you know, what I'm saying, <laughs> two thousand fans on one skateboard is a rather large skateboard. Like you know, so that was quite good. There's a lot of deep, uh, depreciation. Like these fans taking the piss out of themselves as well, as well as Brentford fans. There's lots of leads was falling apart, and then you know, and then Leeds score the goal. And the interesting thing as well is that you know, the listen because I say listen, the atmosphere at Leeds when it kicks off, it does go off, and when they score the goal, lots of atmosphere, fling all sorts of different songs but what I did love is the fact that they literally celebrated like they'd won the cup as we used to say back in the days when they got that equaliser and I'm just sort of thinking again it's Brentford here like you know and I know everyone loves a last minute winner stroke equaliser but 
listen let's just put things in perspective here like you know so I love that as well what I will say is that the atmosphere is good in the Brentford end but I think that what's happened is that this goes to show you because you um, all the seats are taken you know in the away end which and which means that you kind of got to sit in your designated or be in your designated seat which means that you can't go into the area where the singing sections and you can't mob up as such which I think the club, club needs to try and sort that out so uh, a lot of the songs that we used to sing at Leeds like you know like we used to get together and sing you know we are the champions champions of Europe and you can get the songs going it was harder to do that because you're in little groups of twos and threes and fours and fives and sixes and I think it would be good if actually the singers who not saying everyone doesn't sing and also a lot of people 3,000 fans we never take 2,000 fans to Leeds normally you know we take 1,000 800 600 so there are more fans there than normally go there and and this is not a disrespect to you I'm just saying that some of the you know you don't know what the maybe the songs the routines what they are and you need some people to maybe to lead that so it would have been good to have a caucus of people who know what they are you go to Leeds every single time we go there we sing we are the champions, champions of Europe. And we sort of sing it against their thing because it's a bit of an irony thing because, you know, we, you know we're, we're quite funny, you know, sometimes. Like, you know. So missing out on that, that was good. But for me, I'm going to give that a 9 out of 10. I thoroughly enjoyed my day out, thoroughly the journey out, the, com- the, the company, everything like that. I was worried about not going on the train, but I'm glad that I didn't go on the train this time. And it just goes to show you that you don't have to go to football and drink 45 pints of beer to enjoy yourself, like, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, let's move on because we need to crack on, actually. The fairness factor. I'm going to ask you, how fair or unfair did you think that result is? This comes from the Info Goal, and it puts it out every week as the fairness of the unfairness of it. And 100% is fair, 0% is incredibly unfair. And just to give a little barometer, the Chelsea game when we should have pummeled them is about a 30% on the fairness factor. We need to give the Liberal Nick a few fairness uh, lessons, but he's accepting. He says, cool, and we'll do that over the Christmas, over a few pints, I think. JB, give us your fairness factor for this game. Yeah, I thought I thought it, on balance it was a pretty fair result, so I gave it about eighty three percent. Okay, so eighty three percent, and that's why. So you thought it's fair, fair result, fair result, and also the fair score as well. You thought that was fair. fair eighty three is in the green on the fairness front, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think we we, deserve, we had enough chances to put the ball in the back of the net a couple of times, and and I'm afraid they did too. So uh, yeah, I, I think it was on balance fair, and I would have taken that um, at this time yesterday. Okay, and Laney, give us your fairness factor. Uh, about forty-seven, forty-eight percent. I, I, yeah, I, I can see it. I can see it being really fair. I just think we create. I think we created enough chances from from our passages of play to to have scored to have scored more. And the fact that their goals came from our mistakes makes me feel like it was it was a bit bit self bit self-induced I think we could have you know if we were just a little bit tighter a couple of times we would have we would have won that game you know a couple nil probably you know the save Fernandez makes it is a great save but we have to expect our goalkeeper to make saves um, so yeah I, I'm I, I think I come away like JB very content with the point and slightly slightly frustrated if we couldn't hold out for a little bit more but I, I think the XG and the chances, we, we could have got a lot more out of that if we were clinical. So, yeah, I'm going to go for slightly less than half, 40, 48%. 
Oh, okay, interesting. You got forty eight percent, and uh, like I said to you, for me, for, for, I mean, just to let you know, just coming back on that, you know, just to let you know the the the, the XG on that one, and again, we use XG because basically is what Scott's where we are, Brentford. Like you know, what I'm saying that's what we use it, and you know, we use that where we are. We haven't got big money like other clubs, but we've used this very cleverly, and uh, so you, I, don't, I believe you can't knock it. Um, uh, Leeds United, their XG was one point four five to Brentford one point zero two. Leeds had two massive chances in the area. Tyler Roberts's goal. Uh, 46%, so it's nearly one in two going the back of the net. And they also had Bamford's goal as well, which was 50%. Again, one in two going the back of the net. So they had those two big chances. They had a few other tiny little chances, which were much less than 10% other than that. But those, that's basically what they had. But that gave them 1.45 XG. For us, we actually had two smaller chances, but sort of still big. We had a 37, the Canos goal, you know, in 60 minutes was a 37% chance. Okay. But also we had... Um, we also, yeah, yeah, we, we had also, yeah, Canos, okay, who had a 27% chance on 61 minutes as well, which did not go in the back of the net as well, which maybe should have done, but it didn't go in the back of the net. The goal that he scored, that he scored actually, which Shandon Baptiste actually scored, was actually at one less than 10, less than one in 10 actually go in the back of the net, you know what I'm saying? So it goes to show you, but the chance that we had were actually less. So the, the fairness factor... Uh, which was given by him for goal was actually 91. So it said it was actually a pretty fair result at two all as well. Oh yeah, and I'm going to say sort of my fairness factor actually I've got it down as 85% because I just thought to be honest with you, even though it's a gutter that we didn't score in the last minute, as we always oh, didn't, we let them to score in the last minute. The reality is actually that to be quite fair, it's probably a, a couple of couple of goals each was actually probably a fair result. So I got 85. Uh, I was a slightly out, um, and then JB was slightly out as well. But no, I think Laney was feeling the the last minute goal. Uh, you're feeling sort of more emotional because they scored a last minute goal as opposed to maybe looking at the game overall. But anyway, listen, let's uh, let's have a little bit of a kind of league recap, shall we? So where are we at here on the league? So what we've got is that Brentford are in 12th place. We've got 17 points. We are seven points behind Man United, who are in the sixth place in the sort of the final sort of, you know, um, Europa or whatever it may be place. I mean, they change it every year. And also we're seven points from Burnley, who are in the final, the bottom or the top of the, the relegation zone. So we're sort of kind of nicely pipped between those two areas. There's an argument to say that, you know, that we're doing OK. A lot of people are going, this is absolutely amazing. Brentford in 12th place and we're going into December. I mean, I'm, I'm delighted with that. Laney, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling comfortable. Um, you know, we, we know about the you know the points per matches. <clears throat> we can get carried away about you know the the games themselves and like how many points we should have got against a certain team. But I think we have to just be a bit more philosophical about it this season and just look at a game and our points tally per games we've played um, and you know 15 games played 17 points where we're slightly ahead of the curve you know but a point a game is will, will get you sucked to safety um, we, we a win yesterday obviously much much better um, and or, or a win on on Friday night against Watford again taking nothing for granted Watford are a good team they've had a little bit of a bounce under Ranieri they're capable of going away as they showed at Everton and they, they, you know, the win they had against Man United. So taking absolutely nothing for granted. But another win um, puts us in a, you know, a much comfortable position. But as it stands, to be 12th on 17 points, um, I'm, I'm very, very comfortable, yes. Yes, yes, indeed. I mean, just quick, quickly, any results out there that you, know, you were quite happy with? You, mean, you don't have to go into it, but if they were, Laney? Uh, I mean, I, I thought, obviously, Newcastle getting their first win was, was something that, you know, we should take notice of 
you know um, they win a couple more they're 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 out of that um, sticky sticky pay, um, sticky spell and on the on the way to survival I still think they're they're susceptible to you know the better teams um, and I think you know Leeds are going to be in for a struggle the next couple of matches as well they've got Chelsea and Man City next up um, you know they probably get nothing out of those two so they're they're in they're in a scrap as well so yeah I mean, we're not out the woods and, and certainly taking nothing for granted but 12th place um, on 17 points very very comfortable JB, just quickly, any, any games out there which you thought, hey, hey, or no, no? No, it's just how tight the, the, the league is getting, isn't it? You know, the, the bottom, there's no one getting adrift now. Everyone's sort of slightly picked up, aren't they? Everyone's in double figures now, and uh, I think it's going to be really tight for the rest of the season, but as long as we can hopefully keep up that at least a point a game, um, then we should be all right. But I think it, it's going to be one of the tighter leagues. <laughs> It is. So what I thought was the interesting one is Norwich. Norwich losing 3-0 as well. I thought that's a key one for us because I thought Dean Smith going in, they're going to pick up themselves up and it could be a bit dangerous. But I think Norwich, I don't know. I think, you know, maybe Norwich, I think Dean Smith's got, a, we talked about it in the car on the way back, that he's probably got a bigger job than, than, than we all thought, you know, for him to actually turn Norwich around, really turn them around. Because when you're at the bottom of the league, picking up points is hard and normally you pick up points against the teams that are below you or in and around you. And if you don't do that, you know, you're looking at sort of kind of, sort of kind of like, you know, results which are out of the blue. And uh, and it doesn't happen as much in this league, from what I can gather, than it does in the championship. So I think he's got a bit of a hard job. And I think that 3-0 there has kind of sort of resigned me to thinking, mm, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that Norwich may be <clears throat> on a bit of a struggle. Just quickly, I just want to go through as well, just to see where we're at. I mean, like I said, we're 12th place, you know, 17 points, you know, our XG4 is 21.6 and against is 21.8. Looking at the teams around us, Leicester's XG is 20.3 and against is 27.4. So actually, you know, Leicester seem to be sort of punching above their weight and maybe that's a team that we could take out if we start to get our defence back in the flow. I mean, 21.8, I would Crystal Palace 20.1 and 17.3 as their XG against. So they're like defensively a little bit better. And I think what we need to do, we obviously know that we need to improve defensively if we actually need to be pushing up the table. Just looking at 538, just quickly, you know, 538 have got us a 29, 18, 17, 16, 15. They've got us finishing at the end of the season 15th place on 43 points with 13% chance of relegation at the moment now. Their bottom three are Norwich, bottom, you know, with 30 points, uh, 75% chance of relegation. Newcastle, uh, 31 points with, oh wow, 68. Was it 68? 68% chance of promotion. My eyes are going. And Burnley, um, third from bottom, 38 with 42% chance of promotion. But Watford, fourth from bottom, 38% chance of promotion, um, of relegation. Sorry, there's all relegation. Then after that is Leeds United finishing fifth from bottom, they said, with a 15% chance. So basically, they've got the bottom four of those fighting it out. So to me, it's almost like that Watford game is a key game for us, for us to get three points. I'm not saying we're going to get three points, but what they're saying is that Watford are firmly in that relegation zone at the moment now. So we need to treat that game as one where we need to pull away from them if we're not going to be dragged back into that um listen i'm going to ask you guys listen um if you want to give us a summing up jb yeah it was, it was a good good result i think uh, although they'll probably went in the dressing room feeling like it was a bit of a defeat i think the fact they turned around from a, a half-time deficit to uh to get a point that's the first time we've done that this season so um lots of positives to take into uh, to friday night lots of positives laney yeah, I'll echo that. There's, there's more positives than negatives from this weekend. It was a, a cracking football weekend. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm really, really looking forward to Watford on a Friday night <coughs> under the lights in the new stadium. Uh, get down there, drink too much and get behind the team. 
definitely get behind the team. And I'm just having a look at these again. I'm just going to the figures here. You know, the fact that we stole the ball off them from the opposition. We were effective at creating goal scoring opportunities from the flanks, and we were strong at finishing. Brilliant for us. Well, you know, we lost possession often, which for me is is annoying, and is one of the things that we need to get out of. And also, we gave the, uh, away a lot of free kicks around the uh, again around the area, which is something that we. There's two things, but those are the two small things. Which if we fix this, I think that we can definitely actually pull ourselves right up the table again. Because these are I'm not saying they're small, they're difficult, but we need to fix that as well. And obviously, our, our defensive errors. So I think those things for me, in my summing up, think that says to me that. Things are looking up rather than down, especially look at the team, which is ravaged, but we still went against a lead side there as well today. So I'm very, very, very positive about things. But anyway, what I'm going to say is that this is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. I very much enjoyed my weekend. I very much enjoyed going up to Leeds. I very much actually enjoyed playing against that and take this with all due respect, Leeds United, a championship side because Leeds have come out of the championship like us and it just goes to show you that those games probably suit us a lot more than maybe than other games, even though we did very well against Liverpool and against Arsenal, you know, but that's a different story altogether. But you know what I'm saying? But it was good. Great, great day out. My name is Billy Grant and I've been here with the Laney Man. Have a good week. And also the JB. Great to be here. And like I said, I'm Billy Grant here and uh, fabulous that we've got the th- one point and we hopefully we're going to go to Watford. Just check out the podcast on Thursday. We're prideofwest.london. Don't forget to subscribe to us as well and give us reviews on iTunes as well. And don't forget, you know, we come to you by anything is possible, aip.media as well. If you want to buy us a beer, besotted.com forward slash beer. Thank you to everyone who supported us, bought us beers, come up to us, tell us you love the podcast and everything like that. We really do appreciate your support. And like I said, you hope you you've enjoyed your week hope you enjoyed your trip up to Leeds thanks for all the Bees fans who went up there and sang and did everything like that and made the weekend truly fabulous but as we say we're going to Watford we're going to hopefully get three balls come on you Bees come on you Bees Watford FC come on you Bees come on you Bees Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.